Well, this morning, for the next few minutes of our time together, I want to walk you through a beautiful song to add to the ones we've been singing already this morning, a song that you'll find in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55, a song that was sung by Mary after hearing the best news she'd ever heard, news we just read for one another earlier. When I was a kid, uh, my family always traveled for Christmas. I mean, the fact that you guys are here on Christmas Eve means maybe most of you aren't traveling this year, but some of you know what I'm talking about. We would would always open our presents and jump in the car and go. And I never once complained. I loved it. We'd wake up about 6.30, maybe maybe even earlier than that. By 6.30, we were probably done with our presents. We'd rip through everything and we'd all pile into the car and we'd drive three hours to get to where our grandparents and our aunts and our uncles and all our cousins lived. And on the way, my parents would always remind us what to do when we got there and started opening presents from, shall we say, more distant relatives who were less familiar than we were with our Christmas lists. They would tell us, no matter what it is, no matter how you feel about it, no matter if it was on your list or not, remember to say thank you. Kids, have you ever been told that by your parents? Raise your hand. If you've ever been told by your parents, remember to say thank you no matter what it is. And I bet, I'm not going to ask you to hold your hand up this time. I bet you you've gotten presents before that you didn't really like. And you've said thank you with your words, but in your heart, you didn't feel it, didn't you? One year, maybe the best Christmas ever for me. We got to my grandparents' house out in the country. We came off this old country highway and turned right down their long driveway that went through these woods, these trees that always canopied over the driveway. And then we would come out of the trees into the winding part of the driveway that was in the pastures and the fields that led up to their house. And as we got close to the house, I saw it. Right up near the house was the horse that my granddaddy had bought for us grandkids. Now for a kid from Alabama who grew up watching cowboy shows every Saturday, there is nothing that could compare to the sight of that horse that was ours. I don't remember what came out of my mouth that morning. I don't remember if I remembered to say thank you like I was told to, but I bet you kids can know what was in my heart, don't you? Inside my heart, whatever might have come out of my mouth, inside my heart, I was like, yes, let's go. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes, you know, we can sing our songs about God and pray our prayers to God. With our words, we can be saying, thank you, God. But in our hearts, we can feel absolutely nothing. When Mary got the news that God was giving her a baby for Christmas and not just any baby, but but the baby, the one they'd all been waiting for, the one that had been promised by God so long ago, the one who was gonna rescue his people. When she knew that baby was coming inside her to God's people, Mary said that her soul magnified the Lord and her spirit rejoiced in God, her savior. When she got this present in her heart, She worshiped for it. Have you ever felt like that toward God in your heart? On the inside, have you ever rejoiced because of what he's given you? What would you need to see about the gift of Jesus to rejoice in God on the inside? 
That's what I want to show you from Mary's wonderful song of praise to God in Luke chapter 1. First, I'm going to read it for you. If you would, please stand again in honor of God's word while I read Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He's shown strength with his arm. He's scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He's filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he's sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. This is God's word. You can be seated. There are three things you'd need to see about the gift of Jesus to rejoice in God on the inside like Mary did. And the first is that God's love is shocking. God's love is shocking. When I got that horse for Christmas, what overwhelmed me about it was the surprise of it. I just never saw it coming. It was not on a Christmas list because I never would have thought to put it there. It was too big and too wonderful to imagine actually getting. I mean, I knew the Lone Ranger had a horse. And I knew little Joe Cartwright had a horse. And I knew John Wayne had a lot of horses in a lot of his movies. But I'm just a normal kid. You know, kids like me don't get horses unless, unless that one right there really is mine. Mary's like that with the gift of this baby Jesus. She just never saw it coming. Not to her. But God doesn't do what we expect him to do. God's love is shocking. I don't know if you guys who have been with us this fall for our series in First and Second Samuel noticed it. But the middle of Mary's song, really the heart of this song, is just like a cover. For Hannah's song at the beginning of 1 Samuel and for David's song at the end of of 2 Samuel. It's a song all about how God shows his strength by scattering the proud, by pulling down the rich and the powerful who lorded it over everyone else, and by lifting up the humble, those who who had nothing. He, He sent the hungry away full. It was the rich who go away empty. He's the kind of guy who doesn't cater to those everyone else caters to. And his love is a gift so wonderful, you would never have the gumption to ask for it because you know, if you're getting it, you didn't deserve it. The humble are always rejoicing because they're just always surprised that God could be so generous to them. Think about it. Kids, if you're picking a kickball team, where do you start? What are you looking for? As you pick your players, I'll tell you what you're looking for. You're looking for the kids with the strongest legs. Any experience in a kicking sport like soccer helps. You'll pick them if you know they play. You'll be looking for the tallest big kids before you get to the shortest little ones. You'll, you'll pick the fastest if you can get them, the toughest. And that's normal. That's how life works in the world. But that... But, that's not how God works. God is not looking for the best and the brightest, the strongest and the fastest. If he were, you'd think that he'd send his son as, as a king into the world in, the, in a fancy palace, maybe, 
or the powerful royal family. But, but he picked Mary. She was poor. She didn't have anything. Nobody knew who she was. She's famous now, but she wasn't famous then. And she knew better than to think she'd be the one chosen for this wonderful gift of Jesus. But she was. And she rejoices because she gets the point that we need to get. God loves to help those who know they need him. God loves to help those who know that they need him. It doesn't matter to him how successful you are in sports or in drama or in fashion or how attractive people think you are. That matters a lot at school. It matters more than it ought to for us as adults too. But it does not matter to God, period. Anyone can come to him at any time and that's why Mary rejoices on the inside. We need to see that about him too. There's a second reason Mary rejoices though. She knows that God's love is faithful. Not just shocking, but faithful. See, it it came out of nowhere. Nobody was looking for it to to look like this. But once God said he was going to do it, then Mary is banking on what she already knows about God. He always follows through on his promises. When he says he's going to do something, he does it every time. His love is faithful. Look at verses 54 and 55, the end of Mary's song. He has helped his servant Israel, she said, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. God always follows through. Some gifts that we get on Christmas overpromise and underdeliver. At the McCullough House, we are always suckers for radio-controlled vehicles. We've got monster trucks, we've got dune buggies, we've got drones in several different shapes and sizes. And honestly, if we see one, we tend to want one. And they look like so much fun, and they are actually a lot of fun, at least when you first open them. But the box always says, hours of battery life. You know better, don't you? If you've ever gotten one of these, you know better. No sooner have you pulled that battery off the charger and popped it in and taken one spin around the living room as you're plugging that battery right back into the charger and waiting another three hours so you can have another three minutes of fun with it. They overpromise, they underdeliver. You know what never overpromises and underdelivers though? The Lego company. If Lego says there's, t- there's 1,253 pieces in this box, you know how many pieces are in there? 1,253, maybe a few extras thrown in on the side just in case you lose one. If Lego has a picture of what that thing is, say Luke Skywalker's X-Wing fighter, for example, you know what it looks like when you've followed all the instructions and put it together? It looks exactly like Luke Skywalker's X-Wing fighter because Lego always follows through on its promises. So when we open up a box of Legos in our house, you know what happens? We rejoice on the inside. We don't have to say, thank you. We rejoice on the inside. Let's go. Because we know they follow through. Every single time they follow through. And for Mary, that's who God is. God's love is steadfast. He'll follow through on all he's told Mary he'll do. You know why? Because when when this baby showed up, it was to fulfill a promise made to David. One will come who will rule on your throne forever. He is coming. And when God made that promise to David, you know where that came from? He was following through on his promise to Abraham. He said, through your family, I'll bless the whole world, the whole world through you. And when God made that promise to Abraham, you know where that came from? In the garden, right after sin had ruined everything, 
God said, sin doesn't have the last word. Not in my world. Not in my world. Someone will come from Eve who will crush the head of that serpent into the dust. And when God makes a promise, he follows through every single time. If our hearts are going to rejoice on the inside in this gift of Jesus, we got to believe this about God too. Because so much, friends, so much of what he's promised to us, we're still waiting for, aren't we? Jesus came to earth and he lived and he died for us and he rose again and he's king over all right now. But he hasn't come back yet so that we can see him. He hasn't come back yet so that everyone will know that he's king and bow down to him. But when he does, when he does come back like he said he would, there will be no more fighting among us. And nobody will be fighting sin in their hearts anymore either. And nobody will be fighting disease in their bodies. And nobody will be fighting fear about what's going to happen tomorrow. There will be perfect peace when Jesus comes back. And all knees bow to him alone. We are looking for that day. And we aren't there yet. But we can go ahead and rejoice now like Mary did. Because God always follows through. Always. He will come for us in the end. And in the meantime, the tie that binds it all together. The third thing you need to see about Jesus, if you want to rejoice on the inside is that God's love is for me. You need to be able to say, God's love is for me. You have to know his love is not just something that's in stories you've heard all your life. And it's not just something for other people. It's something for me. I mean, for the last month plus, we've been watching one commercial after another of people opening gifts that made them really happy. You know, sometimes apparently people wake up on Christmas morning, look out their window and see a big Lexus with a red bow on the hood. I assume maybe somewhere that's really happening. I've never gotten one. So when I, when I see that happen on that commercial, I feel nothing on the inside. That's a hypothetical gift, not a real one. It's not for me. But Mary's whole song begins with her realizing this is not just a story. This is my story. He has looked, verse 48, on the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Why, Mary? For he who is mighty has done great things for me. For me. For me. Me. <laughs> this isn't just a historical fact about God. Mary's done with the history of Israel as this lesson she learned in school. She is personally experiencing God's goodness. And friends, until you, until you trust in him for yourself, you will never rejoice in God in your spirit. It is not enough for you to believe that God is real. It isn't enough for you to believe that God sent his son Jesus into the world. It isn't enough for you to believe that Jesus came to save sinners or that he died and rose again so that anyone who believes in him can be rescued from sin and death. It's not enough to believe those things. You have to see him as the savior that you need, who God sent for you because God loves you. Only then will you worship him from your heart.
So perhaps the most important question you can ask this Christmas is, who is Jesus to me? And perhaps the greatest gift you could give this Christmas would be to share with somebody you love who Jesus is to you so that maybe they can come to know him and rejoice in him as you have. Let me pray now before we continue to sing and celebrate this good gift from the Lord. Father, we thank you for giving us so much goodness when you gave us your son. Now give us hearts to receive him, we pray, and to share him with others so that he gets the glory that he deserves. In Jesus' name, amen.